Play. Hey everyone, it's me, Jay, and I'm with my girl, Nina, and welcome back to the No Stylist Left Behind podcast. Thank you to Oligo Professional for being our sponsors. Nina, I just cannot wait to hug you and love you and stroll down the beach very soon with you. Ooh, me too. I can't wait. I'm so excited. And what I'm also excited about is that you are on a little hair tour and I know that you want to talk about it because I, first of all, I saw the before and afters. I cannot. The raspberry, I, yes, yes. right? You want to go into it because it's so good. Baby, you already know Jay Laddie. He will show up and show out. <laughs> I went for the juggler on these models and they were sickening. We did the new seasonal collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to be featuring that the whole rest of the tour because um, we're so proud of it. It's phenomenal tonalities. Beautiful. So the raspberry and coral, so from Boise and Karai, got to have their debut in Fort Lauderdale. And I just have to say, I want to give a huge shout out to Alex at the Hair Circus. She is one of the most phenomenal leaders in this industry. She's funky. She's spicy. And that host, she is the most phenomenal host. So I want to give it up to her. Thank you so much for opening up your space. And every other salon on the tour, next stop is Ventura, California. And then July 18th, don't forget, I have two tickets left for an intimate, hands-on master retreat. One day, Los Angeles, July 18th. And I will be having special guests Mm. popping in, and I'm not going to say who. Oh, I wonder who it is because I want to meet them too. Um, (laughs) So listen, I am over the moon excited about our guest today. Yes. Because I know her and I love her and she's spicy. Talk about spicy. And I have to say too about Circus Freaks, they are super, she's always super supportive of me. So thank you so much for always riding with me and sliding into my DMs and always being supportive of me and what I'm doing. And hopefully I'll be able to get down that way one, one of these days too. I'm going. Oh yeah. Back to our guests. So today we have a firecracker. She is a salon owner. She is also in Florida. She is an educator. She's a mom and she also is a hairstylist. She was named one of modern salons top 100 in 2020. And I just love her energy and honestly love watching her grow. So let me introduce my special guest, my girl, Miss Dom D. Benedetto. Welcome, girl. Hi. Thanks, guys, for having me on. I'm really, really honored and excited. I'm so excited you're here, and I cannot wait to dig deep into your story so you can inspire us all. I hope so. You oh, will, you maybe. Yeah, <laughs> you will, for sure. I mean, I think that I kind of met you on the early, how long have you been a salon owner now? So like with the team two will be two years, it was two years in May. Before Mm -hmm. that, I was in a suite for like six or seven years. But how I found you, Nina, was I was driving back from Orlando with my kids in the car and everyone was sleeping. And I was listening to the Hairdustry podcast Mm -hmm. and you were on it. And I just like whatever, like anytime you were just, whatever we were, the topic was, it was right before the salon opened and you were just talking about salon owners and leadership and stuff like that. And I'm like, I need to talk to this person. Yes. 
Like I need help. Like I don't, I have the drive, I have the ambition, but I don't have some of these puzzle pieces that need to fit. And I, I need guidance. Mm. And Mm. let me tell you, I remember when you reached out because I was traveling, I was doing classes and education. So I was in an airport and I'm trying to remember which airport I was in because I was doing a lot of traveling at that time. But I remember being in an airport and getting the message from you and just, it has been an honor for me, honestly, to watch you grow. Really. It makes me a little bit emotional because you have come up and you have done the work and you have put in your time and you have gone really above and beyond and dug deep within yourself to grow this amazing salon and team. But before we get into that, we want to know where it all started. So mm-hmm. we'll, we'll start in reverse, right? So we kind of talked a little bit about, you know, where you are now, but we want to know more. Tell us about how you got started in the business, how you, or why you've chose this business and how you ended up to be where you are today. To be honest, like it just kind of like the best things in your life usually fall in your lap, right? So, <clears throat> I mean, I'm a, I've am been in Florida forever. Um, I graduated high school, just like, you know, a lot of hairstylists, like we don't really kind of know where our place is because we know might be at night be at a, a university, but I knew that that wasn't what I wanted. But how could I make a lot of money with, you know, not this master's or doctorate? Because that wasn't me. Like, I, that's not my, that's not my game. Like, I'm not going to sit at a desk. Like, I can't, you know? So I fell, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go to hair school. My parents were like, kind of like upset. Like, why aren't you going to go get a regular education? So they didn't pay for it. I put it on a credit card that I eventually maxed out. And um, I was 18. So I put it all on there. I went to the community college. It was the first time that I actually woke up like wanting to go do something educational. So I knew like that was a warning sign for me. Like, okay, this is different. So I gave it my all. I did very well um, in cosmetology school. But then when we came out, like they gave us the test and now we have the license and now what? Yeah. They don't really prepare us for what's going to happen to you on the front lines in salons. So, you know, I went to salon to salon and, you know, waited tables in between. I was broke for like, I would say a good 70% of my career, Mm. you know, trying to find my vibe, trying to find someone to teach me. But yeah. Old school hairdressing is very different from new school hairdressing. I remember being in salons and stylists didn't want to help us where now it's a different kind of culture where we want to lift up and, you know, coming not to, you know, make a long story, you know, let's make it short is I wanted to strive to be the best. So I was just consistent. I worked. My 20s were just not really what the normal 20s were. I did have fun, but I spent my solid 20s building my book client retention, doing things that everybody else wasn't doing. So I basically just wanted to be different than everybody else. So what everybody else was doing, I would do the opposite. And I kind of felt that that worked for me. And it does now in my business now. Um, But then I, you know, there was really no place to work that was like flourishable or thrivable or meant with no mentor guidance in our area. So I kind of went into a sola and that's where I kind of learned how to run a business. I didn't learn how to do hair again. I already knew how to do that but it was to learn how to run a chair with all the other things that we don't really learn about. So I failed forward many times financially with that, but I really got the education bug and I knew that I wanted to pay it forward, whether it was technical business or just the psychological aspects of being a hairstylist and how much that really, really goes into what we do. And then I decided after I hit the ceiling in Sola because I had to stop taking clients because there was no more time I knew that I needed to duplicate it with a team. And so I opened a salon. 
with no money. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us have lived in that space. And, and what was it like, you know, in that, so now you've owned the salon for two years. Yeah. Um, you just had your two year anniversary. Congrats. How was that process a little bit? Like dig into that area for us. So my big, like as busy, like we're all busy when we own us, when we open a salon, right? We're busy hairstylers. We like rock it behind the chair. So why not? We can, anyone can do this, right? Well, I knew that I, I needed a team. So how was I going to find more people that had the same kind of work ethic? Like we can, we can, you know, everyone can have talent, but how do we teach, you know, characteristics and ethics and stuff like that to match up with, you know, but getting a coach like Nina was like something for me that really changed the game for me because I had this business plan and then I, I presented it to her and she's like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, oh shit, what do you mean? So <laughs> yeah. there's this, so getting help was really what changed the game for me. Like I actually started my salon thinking that I was going to have renters. Mm. Like I thought that was going to be it for me. And then it was like talking to somebody to say, Hey, why don't you push it to the next level? Renters are great, but this could do this for you. Mm. If I'm looking to brand and like breed, I can't use, I can't have renters. You're going to hit a ceiling with them too. And you're not going to bring in the culture that you've, that I've been dreaming of for the past 10 years. Mm. So, you know, even those kind of growing pains, like you have this plan and then being told like, no, that's not a good plan. Like being receptive of those things. But that's also helped me like with my team, like I have to be receptive to what they want as well. Like it's broken me and then rebuilded me. It's like broken me and then rebuilded me. So every time you get broken and you rebuild again, you're stronger. Mm-hmm. So I've had to humble myself like a lot in the last two years, especially with what's been given to us and everybody else on like our plates now. Wow. I just want to say something real quick. First of all, I am so proud of you. I said this before, and it's so funny to hear you say, well, when, you know, when someone says like, this is the plan, but no, that's not going to work. And to hear you say that back to me, because we really haven't had this conversation. I'm like, Ooh, you know, cause you, you don't want to break someone or make them feel that their dream isn't possible. Yeah. But what we did together was create that. I mean, you did the work, right? We created this dream for you that could allow you to scale it, scale your business, right? Make more money and also build stylists in the process, which is what I know that you are very passionate about. And so these past two years really has, just, I just have been watching you and, and, and seeing all of the things that you've been doing. One of the things that you mentioned, which is so incredibly important and so hard right now for owners, and this is, we've been talking about this, I'm 25 years in the game, we've been, we're still talking about it. And I want you to maybe give some insight in a different way. So you mentioned attracting stylists and getting stylists that um, were in your character, core values for your business, things that we talk about, right? And, and ethics of your business. So I don't necessarily want to talk about how can you attract stylists, right? Because we've talked about this a lot of times, but what did you do in your business that allowed you to, whether it's systems, whether it's your hiring process, you know, cause you know, I know that how you feel about your hiring process and I'm sure you'll share it, but what is it that you did in your business that would allow you to attract the stylist that you have that have the same mentality that you have? You have to put out what you want. 
So if you, if you put out what you want, what you want will come. Mm. If you want consistency, then you have to be consistent. If you want to show good hair pictures, then every single one of them better be good Mm. because those stylists are looking for a place. They were you, they were me. They were looking for a place to thrive, but where? So now they're seeing somebody, hey, I like those photos. Let me follow her. Oh, she's opening a salon. Let me see what she does first in the first six months. Let's see if the the lights are still on. Let's see if the doors are still open. So if you want a consistent staff, if you want a consistent team, then you be consistent. It all starts with you. How you wear, what you wear to work, that's going to set the tone. How you manage your consultation, that's how you're going to set it. So if you show what you you want what you want will come so you you have to check yourself like am i being consistent am i being am i being truthful am i am i good to my clients are my clients being retained if all those things are yes then put those out there and those team members will find you Ooh. i did not poach any one of my team i didn't pull them from another salon i think that's very unprofessional to be honest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Any stylist, yeah. any owner that DMs, slides into DMs and tries to get you to work for somebody else. Like I, I've even, people have done it to me, not even realizing that I was the owner. Right. And I've said, you need to watch, you, you're, you need to watch what you're doing because it's, it's not a professional courtesy. It's rude. Mm-hmm. I had to say that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I'm it's glad rude. you spoke. It is. Yeah. Um, it is. But. If you, those people are out there and they're waiting for a good owner to show up for them. Mm. Like if, and you, like if it's like they can look at you as like, not only that they're their boss. Yeah. But their leader, they will, they will follow mm-hmm. and they will make money in the process. Money that they've never even thought was possible because they have the guidance that we didn't. Boom. Like That's if you truth. show up for you, they will show up for you. They will just come. They will come out of the woodwork. A couple of times where I've had a couple of stylists where one in particular um, or two, actually, you watch and watch and watch on social media, like everybody's friends, right? But they're also, as much as you're watching their work saying, yeah, I'd like you to, I'd like that person to come work for me. They're watching you, Mm -hmm. watching how your team responds to you. Mm -hmm. So it's a trickle down effect and it's a big circle. For sure. One of the things that you mentioned before we started recording um, in terms of the hiring process, um, why don't you share that? Because do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) I know this is a big thing and this is a big thing for me, too. I talk about it all the time, but share that with with everyone listening. Fire fast, hire slow. Mm -hmm. Boom. Yep. You we know as you know, being what we do, like we deal with people all the time. So our like our intuitive uh, energy is always up. You know what I mean? And we know when we vibe and when we don't, we don't need 90 days to figure that out. You know what I mean? We need like a good 48 hours. Sometimes I know in 24. (laughs) 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Yeah. If you like, and then you have to spend time bringing somebody on. So if you've already vibed from them, you know what I mean? And bringing them on, like I learned from, you know, also Nina was like, you have to have them, like now I have them come in one time, they sit around, they watch, they can interact with the team, they could, you know, just kind of get our vibe and they come back again and then we have a couple more phone conversations so I can really, really vouch what this person wants or if I'm, if I'm good for them. Mm. 
because we're both bringing each other to the table here. We can't do one without the other. It's, it's a partnership. Tom, I just have to say, I am sitting down right now, but you're about to have me run around the block because I just love you, what you stand for, the credibility that you bought and you just coming on and being authentically you. And I feel like there's been a lot of things that you've said that I'm like, oh my God, I was just having that conversation or, oh yes, I've lived that life and being, you know, intuitive as a leader and a mentor and a salon owner. Like when we get those people in, we say, this ain't our first rodeo, baby, right? These are triggering things that are happening. So let's get back on track, right? So it's like those moments. And most of us like usually like have been doing this for a long time. Like we wish that we had someone that said, hey, you know what? Why don't you try it this way and not this way? And it isn't coming from a place of being shitty. It's coming from a place of wanting you to thrive. It might not sound sweet, but you're going to, retain knowledge confidence from that uncomfortable conversation Mm, i love it i i wouldn't say yeah being a leader is uncomfortable yes a lot yes a lot i want to dig into this a little bit with you so we all have struggles in life and in biz tell us one of your biggest struggles that you've been through in life or biz and how did you get out of it like what got you through? Business would probably be like not believing, saying that I believe in myself and then not believing it. Mm. Like you have all, you, you open the salon and now you're afraid to fail for your team because now you have other incomes depending on you. Yeah. That to, to this day, like shakes me a little bit. Like yeah. even that, that I'm on vacation, like those things just, they're in the back of my mind as I'm enjoying other things. Is this person yeah. going to be able to like those, those responsibilities become yours and that I struggle with because sometimes I blur the line. Right. Yeah. I, I think I, that that's, I blur the line where it doesn't, it's not business anymore because I want everyone to succeed. So sometimes I let those things really, really um, mess with me. You know what I mean? And I don't want to fail. I'm, I'm petrified. Yeah. You know, and if I fail for them, like what, what, what am I now? And in those moments, what makes you kind of like pivot? Shift? Yeah. Pivot. When I write their checks. Yes. Mm. Wow. Or I watched them do something that they weren't able to do a year ago. Ooh, yeah. Go on vacation for the first time fully paid. Yes. Mm. Buy a car, pay a car off, buy something for their parents, um, pay off a credit card in one shot. That's when I know I've done my job. Mm. Oh, so good. And you know what's so true about that is that, you know, you mentioned the responsibility of, and that weighs on you. And I think, and it's true. And I, I used to mm. say that all the time, like my doors opening in my salon is feeding other people's families. That's yeah. some shit. I mean, that is heavy. That's the stuff that owners carry around with them every single night when you're not it, sleeping. Cause you got can turn off. your stomach. Absolutely. And so, but what you said is you, you said that you're petrified, but I believe that look, 
having fear in us is good. Sometimes we need that because it helps us pivot and it helps us shift. And I think for you that, that fear is, um, allowing you to be motivated and push through all of the things that you have, because that paying your people and all of those things that's giving you life, right? It's the drive. Yeah. It's the drive. Absolutely. The drive behind what you're doing every day. So fear is good as long as it doesn't supersede, um, the thing that you're trying to accomplish, you know, as long as it doesn't supersede the action plan, you know, so a little fear is good because it keeps you moving, keeps you, you know, driving this damn ship that's heavy. (laughs) Right. And and sometimes it gets heavier Mm -hmm. and you know what I mean? Especially like, I mean, that's just the, that's just the interior of the ship. We forgot the guests on the ship, the clients, Mm -hmm. because they drive emotions as well with these people. So how do we handle now at the end of the day, like if somebody, if a client is unhappy and this client has upset your staff and the staff is shook, now it's your, your job to now please the client and then calm the, calm your teammate down. Yes. Someone's going to be unhappy. Mm -hmm. So I mean, the, the best thing is to make both of them happy, but sometimes that's impossible. But I still learn that not, you know, being a leader doesn't mean a, yeah, I'm a yes person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, 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 I am, and I struggle with that too. Yeah. But like, there's all those pivots that, like you said, like watching them do stuff that you that they didn't think they could do a year ago. Even technically behind the chair, you're watching them duplicate something that you showed them how to do, and now they're bringing their own revenue. Yes. So then you look and you're like, okay, I did make a difference. They didn't say it. You didn't get the pat on the back, but you just watched it happen. And that as an owner, like, that's how you get your good job, girl. Yes, for sure. I want to dive also even into this and talk about 2020 was a blow for everyone. And, you know, it really has been eye-opening mind, body, soul, very eye-opening mind, body, soul, right? And so I think what I want people to know, because we still have owners and stylists that are still working through, you know, California, right? Still working through Canada. We've got, you know, there's still areas to shut down, right? So we've still got people working through and I want to shed some light and maybe give them a little hope and, and a little faith because in 2020 for you, I know that for you, it was an awakening mind, body, soul, right? You ended up having um, one of your best, well, your best year moving into 2021, having a stellar year, also starting a wig line this year, also renovating and like rehabbing your entire space and expanding your space, hiring on new and more stylists. So not just replacing, but expanding your team. So walk us through that a little bit. Like we're closed, things are shut down. You know, I know things are very different in Florida, but Things are shut down. You were closed for two, three months. All other world here. Right? It's it's very different. However, it was a blow to your business like it was to everybody else. What was the turning point maybe or the pivot where you're like, crap, what do I do? What is my next step? How do I continue to float this ship that has a bunch of people that are relying on me? Like kind of walk us through that process. Well, the cool thing about some of this that happened was that, okay, so we were shut down for, you know, X amount of months or whatever. But here's the thing, like clients didn't stop going to salons because they didn't like you. They stopped going because they literally could not leave their house. Mm -hmm. So in this opportunity, though, what clients were doing was like, okay, they're reevaluating their lives during this quarantine because they have a lot of shit to think about. 
finances? Uh, do you even like your hairstylist anymore? I mean, who knows? <laughs> you know, you got a lot of time to think about stuff. So we knew that when we opened back up that we were going to have to bring it because now it's survival of the fittest. Mm. If you are a good owner and you have a good business model, you're going to be fine. If you don't, you need to reevaluate. Whether it's you, whether it's your staff, whether it's who knows. But these clients, they're the business is there. Yes, some some have taken pay cuts. We know. Some have lost their jobs. But now, what's what we had? What I have seen is like these clients have more free time than ever. They're working yeah. from home. They don't have to punch a clock. They can come at two o'clock in the afternoon. You know what I mean? Making the space catered to the client now bring like elevating their experience we have no yes. more beverage service that's gone we have no more magazines we have no more coffee we have no more wine because no one's allowed to do that anymore so what we have to bring it now service wise mm -hmm. you have like the clientation the consultations have to be cleaner yes the the pricing has to be clear the services have to be stellar they there is no more room for error here Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, we have a mask on, big deal. We make it look even, make that look nice. We all wore the same one pretty much to make it look uniform. Mm -hmm. We embraced yeah. it. We didn't go against it. I was very scared to even go back to work because I was petrified of this. Yeah. I have kids. I'm scared. I had a newborn during this time. Mm -hmm. I, I forgot. I even forget about that. Yeah. You know, I had a kid, like, then the world shut down. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to feed this one? Yeah. You know? So everything, everything we did had to be better now. Things that we lacked before could not lack now. Everything from them coming in the door, feeling safe. Now, we're, now we have to make clients feel safe. We don't only have to make them feel beautiful. We have to make them feel safe. Yep. Now, now we have to do that now too. And now take temperatures and take this luxury service and now make it almost like a medical visit, which is very odd. But yeah. they were happy to come back. And the thing is, when we elevated some of our stuff and made it more of a luxurious experience, they appreciated it. So if you're lax in some things, like just turning things around, like your consultations around and making them a little bit more streamlined and teaching your, your uh, team how to do that better, your verbiage needs to change. Because now we're coming into a whole different world. Like it is a whole new game. Yeah. And the thing is, you have really talented stylists here who maybe when they came back from their quarantine and they're going back to work, they're a, they might be different in opinions with the owners that they work for. So now some of these amazing stylists are looking for another place where they even feel safe. Yeah. There are salons in Florida that when we opened back up that did not even think that this was a thing. So they opened up, they didn't want to wear a mask. They didn't feel like they should, you know what I mean? And not only the clients were uncomfortable, but the stylists, like they didn't feel safe working. So we made a very, very safe haven in our 800 square feet. We tried to socially distance the stations as much as we could. We all wore masks. We did everything the CDC did, but we, would try to make it go a little even more by just letting the clients see those things, letting them, they know like, Hey, this is scary for us too. 
and eventually things normalized as they do as we are all resilient. Ooh, I have to say something. This leads me into my next question for you. As an owner, creating a safe space, being more clear and more intentional in guest service, leading your team, going there. And I know that we are more alike than we are different. Right. As owners, as leaders, as stylists, people just in the industry. So I want you, Dom, to speak directly to the salon owners right now that are struggling or need advice, feel lost, or just are overwhelmed. What are some advices you could give them like right now to get them through it? You redecide or reevaluate how you want to do your business. Mm. Whether that means you need to let someone go that's toxic, whether it means that you need to get a coach that needs to help you navigate through your finances, figure, you know, do things different. If you're doing them the same and they're not working, you have to change things up. Whether that yes. means, it's, or if it's clients that are not resonating with how you feel, get them out. You'll get new yes. ones. You know, don't let the fear of them drive your business. Don't let the fear of stylists leaving drive your business. You are the driver. You decide who comes and who goes. That's the whole thing about being a business owner. You will yeah. fail. You'll fail again, but at least you'll fail on your own terms. Don't let other people decide. Mm -hmm. I got chills on that one. That's the same. Truth. I mean, it really is. And I think it's hard. It's hard sometimes as an owner to take a step back and really make changes. That's the biggest thing that I feel now in 2021 as owners, you have to be open to change because things are no longer what they were, not only in our industry, but in our world. Yeah. Or like if you, if you have a team that you know is good and they're not like, maybe they're just off because of, you know, the pandemic, or maybe they're just off because their husband lost their job. I don't know, but maybe you need to have a powwow with them. Mm -hmm. Like what's going on with you? What can I, what can we do to fix this? What, you know what I mean? Like level with them. Yeah. You know, are you having meetings where you're kind of checking in? They don't have to be like shitty meetings. They just need to be, and they don't have to be confrontational. They just have to be real. Let your team see that you're vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Yes. Lean in. Right. Like let them know like, yeah. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to F up sometimes, you know, but I'm here for you. Like, what can I do to make you work better? What can I do? Like, you have to take accountability for yourself. And like, Absolutely. I'm stubborn. I react really fast sometimes. Like, you know what I mean? They will tell you I and mean, you can ask them. You know what I mean? I'm quick, but I, but at the same token, I have to sometimes take a step back and be like, I probably could have handled this differently. Yes. And it's the awareness. Mm -hmm. And I think that's all we need right now Absolutely. is right. everyone so in the room to be aware. And it's sometimes it's not even, you know, even like with the renovation that I did, like I knew that we needed more. It wasn't about the, it wasn't about the aesthetic. It was more about the function. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like how can we change this up to be more aesthetically pleasing for the guests, but more functionally workable for us? Yeah. It yeah. costs a lot of money, but I feel like just doing that, the revenue went up because it brought the morale back. Mm -hmm. So bringing the morale back after a pandemic is a little bit harder, but ever notice if you renovate a bathroom or a kitchen, you're so excited to cook. Mm -hmm. Yes. You don't cook for a year, but then you redo that kitchen. You are cooking it up. Right. So <laughs> it's the nice. same thing in your business. 
renovate you, renovate what's going on that isn't working. Let them also be a part of that. Like I asked my team, like, hey, what do you think about this? What do you think about this color? You don't, like, what makes it easier? Do you work from the left or the right? Like, yeah. how can I make you a part of this? Include them. Yeah. So important. Such, such great advice. I know that everyone listening is taking notes. I hope um, so. I'm a raving just, fan. It's I'm really, a raving fan. I just love you so much because, and I've just, it's an honor for me to just watch you grow and, and hear you share these things. It's so important. And so now, because we got all the good stuff out and we got all of the advice and all of the tips from you, we are going to do a rapid fire. We haven't oh, done God. this in a while. I'm so excited. Yes. Hold on. Let me put them up. Be careful what you ask. Well, I'm going to be putting, Tom, I'm going to be putting on a one minute timer. Oh, Nina's God. going to be asking you random questions that you have not heard, correct? No. And you just spit them out. You said you're a firecracker. Let's go. So Nina, tell me when Light you're ready. Up. All right. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's go. Are you ready? Count me yeah. down. All right. One, two, three. What was <laughs> your first job? Oh my God. Um, Sal's Italian restaurant. If you could change your name, what would it be? Uh, oh my God. Um, I like the name Monroe. Ooh, I like Ooh. that. What was your favorite subject in school? None. Art, <laughs> I guess. Art. <laughs> if, you, if you had to eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Pizza. Yes. Um, ooh, I love that one too. Um, what is your favorite emoji? Um, it used to be the one that looked like the middle finger, but they took that away. And now it's the black heart or the syringe. What, yes. is, your, what is your favorite word? I know this one. Um, fuck. <laughs> yes. Where, where is your happy place? In my house. Mm. I love that. What is your favorite color? Black. What is your favorite thing to do to wind down? Um, watch the Golden Girls. Oh. Whoa. I love <laughs> Golden it. Girls. I have all the memorabilia. Do you? I yeah, I'm in the fan you. club. Stop. Yeah, I am. Oh my gosh. You are amazing. A thing I did not know. And let me tell you, <laughs> listen, who would you say? I have no clue. Who would you say? Who would you? Because listen, I, I have my person that I thought that I would always be in the Golden Girl crew. Who do you think that you would be in the Golden Girl crew? I'm a mix of all of them because I love all of them. But if I have to say who's my favorite would be uh, B. Arthur, which is Dorothy. Okay. Yes. She's, She's a Blanche. She's a bad bitch. Oh, you're a Blanche? I kind of noticed with those lips. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. I live for Sophia. Like, I love her. I, yeah, yeah. She's quick. She's quick. She, she would be me. That would be her. I would, yeah. like, that's who I, that's it. I'm Sophia. That yep. would be for me. I love it. Yeah, I love them all. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Like I said, I'm a huge fan. I have a lot of memorabilia. I do have, I'm in the fan club, and I do have all of them on DVD, and, um, Yes, I, I do. I want it like wow. we were just like I, we were just talking on vacation like last night. Like me and my sister want to open an Airbnb in Wilton Manor and do it like the Golden oh. Girls house. Oh my god! Oh, sold out, booked yeah. for years. And let's talk about this vacation that you're on because this is I look at the trees are swaying in the background. I can see the beautiful the water. Blue water, right? So crazy. This is a vacation for you, like a first, right? In a I long don't. I, I don't vacation. 
Um, but it, you know, after the pandemic, you're trapped for a really long time and uh, it was time for us to take a break. And now we felt safe enough to kind of, you know, go down to the Keys and we rented a uh, really cute little beach villa in a resort. And um, I'm here with my babies and my best friend is here with me. And love it. Uh, my mom and my sister were here earlier. They drove back, but we're here for five days and we're going to swim with dolphins in a little while. And uh, like I said, just being with my family and like, that's something that I don't do. And that's something that, uh, you know, if you're an owner and you haven't taken a break and coming up for air in a while, like you got to do it. For sure. Love it. So, so true. Dom, thank you so much. Thank I you. love you. Have so much love for you. Really. I love you guys. You are just a gem and a half. Why don't you tell everyone where they can follow you on Instagram? Um, my handle is hair by Dom 22 and my salon is Aura Hair Co in Boynton Beach, Florida. And, um, I would love to, you know, connect with everyone and I hope everyone, you know, got something out of this because I've gotten so much from your guys' podcast and you just got to pay it forward. I am obsessed with you, girl. (laughs) I love you so much and you have so much wisdom. I try. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yes. you blow me away. It's been so awesome. Thank you, I girls, can't wait so to much. Chat with you guys again. I know we're so excited too. Thank you, thank you. Make sure everyone listening, you go follow Dom on Instagram and her salon too. Make sure you follow our sponsor at Oligo Pro and my best guy at it's Mr. J Ladner. Myself at Nina Tulio. If you learn anything from listening to us today, please know that it is okay to live in your truth. And remember to always live your life out loud. See you next time.